Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast Show with Mike and Alex. We thank you for joining us as we have a couple of beers and a cigar and talk about what's going on in our lives. Grab an adult beverage and a smoke and settle in with us. Please like, subscribe, and comment on each show so we can hear whether you agree or disagree with our take on things. Listen wherever your favorite podcasts are and at www.dumbideapodcast.com. All right, so anyone who's not been living under a rock for the past two or three weeks has probably seen everything that's happening in Afghanistan. And uh, it's something that's worth uh, worth talking about just because it's been, you know, that, something that's been occurring for the last 20 years, almost 20 years. And, you know, when it started, I was in college. And um, then my, and since then I've, gotten married, had three kids, bought a house, and I think a lot of people are in, this, in the same boat. Um, there are some people that are have served in the latter part that were in diapers when it started. So, and just the, the absolute disaster that's unfolding out there. And what exactly is, what's the reason behind it? What's What's causing it? And I think we can all understand that yeah, at some point, U.S. forces had to were going to leave Afghanistan. But for all the time and money and effort that was put into that region of the world, to roll out like this in this complete disaster is uh, kind of off-putting. Yeah, uh, and just to put in perspective, the, the money. So $2.2 trillion. Mm-hmm. Now, prior to three years ago, the annual budget of the entire United States was about $1 trillion a year. So this was almost two full years worth of U.S. dollar budgets. Yeah. Total budgets. Like, not not we spend this quarterly. Like, an entire year U.S. budget that gets right. passed through Congress was generally about $1 trillion. Mm-hmm. So $2.2 trillion equals about two full years of U.S. spending. Yeah. Then on top of that, um, yeah, we probably, I believe we went to Afghanistan about two months, one one or two months after 9-11. Correct, yep. So we are almost at September 1st. So, I mean, you're probably about two months short of 20 full years in Afghanistan. Yeah. And, you know, the funny part is, is we're, we're leaving exactly how the Soviets left. Right. When the Afghan when when they left Afghanistan, I believe it was the nineties or the eighties. I forgot which one. Um, I think it was eighties because 80s. this the Berlin Wall fell in the early nineties or it was eighty nine. So, and, and the funny part was is the U.S. had a covert uh, involvement when the Soviets were involved in oh, Afghanistan, yeah. and it wasn't like we didn't know how tough that terrain was to take over the country basically and rather than learning from others past mistakes while knowing why it happened because you know the cia they knew why the russians failed Mm -hmm. um a large part of it has to do with the terrain of the country because it's so mountainous there's very there's very few valleys in afghanistan um and especially the border with Pakistan, it's very mountainous. And I remember for the longest time, one of the issues was uh, that 
the Pashtuns, which were the Taliban, mm-hmm. um, they were going over the border back and forth, and the U.S. wouldn't go into Pakistan. And it's it's one of those things where I feel like the, the U.S., before they went in, should have learned these things. Yeah. And yeah, you had to clear out the Taliban because that was the resistance, and your goal was to kill Osama bin Laden. Right. right. And then we killed Osama bin Laden. And stuck around. And we didn't leave. Yeah. And we didn't even kill Osama bin Laden in Afghanistan. Right. He was killed in Pakistan. Yeah. And the whole... And, you know, we're not the first country to leave that the Russians did. Prior to that, I think the British got hand, got it handed to them there. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Genghis Khan had trouble with Afghanistan. And the thing is, none of these countries there, yeah, you know, we there are borders and all this stuff, but there it's it's that's tribe. There's tribes, mm-hmm. and they don't really care about the borders. And there's never been one central authority there at any point. It, it's whoever the strongest, meanest dude is at the time, kind of runs it. Well, and, and his his power only goes to his certain area. Yeah, there before we were there, there there was never the notion of a central Afghan government. Didn't really exist. Right. They they had some central people that they would send to, like, UN meetings or, or, or places like that. But as far as on the ground, it was warlords, and they yeah. they controlled their area of influence. Right. And they either got along or they didn't get along with the neighbor in the, in the next one. Mm-hmm. There were, there's no real national identity, and I think that's why you're seeing the Afghan government that we spent so long trying to build up collapse so readily yeah there's there's just no national identity for an afghan like there is with the united states right and and you know we equipped their the most recent iteration of the afghani army really well all that stuff is still there um in in some capacity yeah they 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 disable a lot of it before they leave yeah but the thing is that it's it's that army was trained and equipped but you could have the best soldier, well-trained soldiers with the best equipment, but if they're not fighting for something, they're going to drop their weapons and run. Right. Because their loyalty is not to Afghanistan. Their loyalty is to whatever tribe or whatever region or warlord or whoever. And even when the, you know, during the, the course of this, you'd have these, um, these groups, these you know, groups of American soldiers or Marines operating in these in a in a fob, and they'd go out and they'd talk to this tribal elder, and then they'd go and talk to this other one, and on such a small level, they had to make good with all of these guys to just be able to operate. Yeah. Um, now, sure, they could go in there and with overwhelming force just kill everything that moved. Well, that's what the Russians they, tried to do, right? If they wanted to, and then you know, and really the Russians were doing okay. Uh, because until we, until we gave weapons. right, the, we gave the Mujahideen uh, Stinger missiles, and they were able to shoot down the Russian helicopters with them. So but they lost that that asset. Good movie about that, though, for people that want to see something. That's a good good movie, but based in truth. Charlie Wilson's War, mm-hmm. with Tom Hanks is in it, Julie Roberts is in it. Um, it gives a pretty neat insight into how we were involved with that Russian conflict with yeah. Afghanistan. And <clears throat> I know it's just a movie, so things are embellished, but 
for the most part, the, the f- yeah, they got I, some factual stuff yeah, right. I've, I've never seen it, but I heard they, they kind of stuck to it pretty good, and they the character, the actual Charlie Wilson was a character anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then they really nailed him and then what he was doing there. Um, so I haven't seen it. I should. But uh, it's a good movie. Yeah. One of my favorite characters in any movie, it's, and he's played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm-hmm. was the character Gust Avocados, <laughs> who, who was the uh, CIA intelligence man that was advising Charlie. The man, it, he played that character so well. And he's such a gruff kind of character. Mm-hmm. It, it's if you're, it, I would suggest people watch it just to see him in that movie. Just for him, like he actually overshadows, in my opinion, Tom Hanks in that movie. Oh yeah, like he did such a great job in that movie. <laughs> um, just a, I know at the time it wasn't billed. It didn't get much advertisement. Uh, it wasn't a big movie theater movie. But if you want something fun to watch, that gives you a little bit of historical knowledge. Take a, take a Friday night or Saturday night and watch that movie. Yeah. It's it's a solid flick. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wonder why, after learning all of these lessons, we went, we seeing everyone do it before, we went in there and went and did the same thing. Now, there is some argument on the other side of, you know, in support of it that says, well, we're fighting there, that they're not fighting here. And there hasn't been a significant terror attack from Al Qaeda, Taliban, ISIS, anyone on U.S. soil since, because we've been engaging them there. So I can definitely see some of that argument. Um, Dan Crenshaw gave a speech today, which very interesting, where he said, "You know, we were at war in 1993 when the World Trade Center was bombed. We were at war with the when the coal was bombed." We were at war. We just were pretending we weren't until September 11th, and right, the incident was too big to ignore. Right, and then now all of a sudden, and the thing is, the 90, the, the World Trade Center bombing, I believe that was 93, was supposed to do that, right? But it didn't work. Um, you know, the charge wasn't big enough. It wasn't in the right place, so it di- it was supposed to bring down the the tower. I don't think it didn't. It didn't have, didn't do enough damage. Yeah, it just wasn't a big enough incident. It was right. an incident though. Yeah, just. Not enough to keep people's attention. Yeah, yeah it, it, and then it made it into a Biggie song, you know, blow right. up like the world trade. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's um, one of those things where now we've invested so much time and money and blood in there, in that region. I mean, I, you know, uh, I have buddies that served uh, over there, and a lot of them are kind of messed up now. I won't say messed up, but they, you know, they're dealing with some issues from it. Uh, kid I went to high school with, um, he went over there and was was uh, killed in action, um, it, you know, in that part of the world. So I can definitely see the people saying, you know, what the what the f about we're just going to roll out, yeah. and then the way we're doing it, you know, watching the, the Joe Biden said there's not going to be Saigon. And the ne- very next day, there's a Chinook moving people out. Now, apparently, that's how they travel anyway, is via helicopter. But the yeah. optics were terrible. Well, it wasn't just that. I mean, there was the big, what was it, the C-130? Mm-hmm. And, oh, the C-17 going down the runway? Was that the one? Was, yeah. And then people were, like, trying to, like, they were literally going to, they were willing to try riding off on the outside of a plane. Oh, yeah. A plane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, clinging 
mm-hmm. like like a gecko to the outside of a plane. Like you're willing to take that chance, yeah. just to tr- maybe hope that you get out alive. Yep. And then I guess some people like were hanging onto like the wheels, and they kind of got yeah, falling all yeah. Well, they got crushed when the wheels went up. And yep. Like it was not a it was not a good scene. Yeah. And then falling off onto the runway as the plane's leaving. I mean, it's yeah. awful. But think of the desperation. Yeah. Well, that's the other part of it. And the, the, these people know that they're going to be killed, tortured and killed for assist helping the the Americans once we're gone. Um and then the American citizens who are still there. And now they're they're sticking to this timeline of evacuation or to to stop being to to, to withdraw. But it's just a date that they decided on. Well, I think they made a deal. Because once the Afghan government left, the U.S. didn't have much of a choice. I mean, yeah, they could have they could have stood and fought, fought, but they made such rapid progress through the country that for the U.S. to stand, like they were literally going to be sitting at the Air Force, but at the at the base there mm-hmm. in Kabul, and that was it. That's all they had left. Yeah. Well, they um, gave up Bagram, which was a which was a bonehead move. Well, maybe it's Bagram, not Kabul. Yeah. yeah. Well, so they they gave up Bagram. They voluntarily just pulled out of Bagram. Yeah. Which, you know, it, as a as an air base of of uh, if nothing else at this point, gives you a couple more runways to operate off of. Right. Um, now there are some that say go take Bagram back, which we have the capability of doing. Right. Eighty um, second Airborne. That's kind of what they do. They deploy they land they take an airfield and then once they have the airfield well now we're in right and you have to stay there forever and and i think that's the the fear of some people is that oh we'll just end up staying there forever but to leave our own people behind and to leave people who the thing is when when these the interpreters and now let's not get confused and think that all these interpreters are great people because right. some of the interpreters turned on on their, you know, uh, a lot of them are mercenaries. Yeah, they're there because it's, it's a nice payday. Yeah, and Nothing then someone more. else offers them more money. Right. Or in other cases, they'll say, "Hey, you're going to do this, or we're going to kill your family." Right. Because um, we're not dealing with with people. And then to to listen to the president stand up there and say, "Well, you know, we made a deal with the Taliban. The ta- you made a deal with the Taliban." It's almost it. It reminds me of uh, of the Hangover when he said when he's talking about the. Oh, the drug dealer at the at the liquor store is not a good dude. Right. <laughs> like, what yeah. what did did the last twenty years teach them nothing? No, but I, so I, I've kind of I've got a little bit of a different opinion on this one. Where I think because the Afghan government left, the Afghan military doesn't identify completely with a national Afghan identity. Mm-hmm. They identify with their, their tribe, either Pashtun or Tajik or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, it, that was also kind of the way it happened in Iraq. Now, the, when we, we tried to build up a national military mixed with Sunni and Shia. Yeah. And when push came to shove, they sided with either their Sunni tribe or their Shia tribe and not with their Iraqi tribe. Right. Um, it was one of the reasons why Saddam, whether you liked his politics or the way him and his kids handled things, one of the only ways to kind of manage a country like that is a little bit heavy-handed. Yeah. 
in order to maintain some kind of order. Because, you know, thanks to our good British friends, mm-hmm. when they left the Middle East, and don't get it twisted, Britain was the initial, not the initial, but the the last colonizer of that Middle Eastern territory. Yeah, they just drew so, lines, random lines, to say this is that, this is this. It, it was India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, um, a, portions of Iraq for a while. Mm-hmm. And when they drew the lines, they didn't draw the lines for the countries based on uh, the, the ethnic tribes. Right. So that's why you, I mean, that's why with Pakistan and Afghanistan, you've got a large swath of the southeast of Afghanistan, that's Pashtun, and the northwest of Pakistan is Pashtun. And they don't recognize the border. No, they just they just go. And the thing is, like, the, an, an, an interesting part, and for us as Westerners, as Americans, we see borders. Like, we know we're in Maryland. You go across the Potomac River, you're in Virginia. The license plate change. We identify as Marylanders and as Americans. Um, but over there, it's based on Sunni, Shia, and whatever tribal element. It's a nomadic people anyway. Right. And then you'll have... It's it's not even interdispersed amongst one another, moving through one another. So it's not like this, like, even here, like, the gangs here have borders. Right. And, hey, why, why'd you kill that guy? Because he lives over there. Like, that, but there's a border. As long as he stayed on that side of the street, he would have been fine, and he didn't. Yeah, for any, I mean, for anyone in this country to not think that that kind of tribalism exists in the United States has never spent a minute in one of the major inner cities. Yeah. Where where there, where gangs are still very much influential, yeah. Like go to L.A., mm-hmm. Bloods and Crips, yeah. Latin Kings, yeah. I mean, MS Thirteen, Eighteenth Street, Mount Moff, all those different ones. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm not I'm not trying to get on any gang's bad side, yeah. But I'm just all I'm saying is there is some tribalism in this mm-hmm. United States. We just don't see it enough because it's never it's not it's not as reported on. Every once in a while, someone does an expose on like the Bloods of the Crips or something, and, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's so interesting." They're interested for like maybe a week, and they move on. Right. Well, over there, the tribes and the and the, the the different factions that's been going on for what thousands of years. Mm-hmm. There's no shot a passion. A Pashtun person in Afghanistan is going to declare an oath of fealty to the, the country of Afghanistan over his own tribe of Pashtun oh, people. No. No. He will go right back to the warlord and work for the warlord mm-hmm. because he's Pashtun. It's, it's his own people. Yeah. I get that. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's wrong. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we went in there and tried to establish a national identity when the people on the ground don't even recognize their national border yeah with another country was it, it was a it was an exercise that was it was going to fail regardless but at what point, and like said, the russians figured that out yeah and we should have learned from that at, but at what point do we stop with this nation building nonsense I think it's got to stop now. This has got to be yeah. the last one. Yeah. Right? I mean because has it ever worked? Can we point to any country where it's been successful. And we, we, we've tried different ways. Look at We tried in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. We tried to do it through their democratic process. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another thing. To think that elections can't be influenced by outsiders in, in any country. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to think that we don't do these things. Yeah. Because we're the... 
the the holy United States. Right, you're fooling yourself. Fooling yourself. Yeah. We, every country is trying to mess with every other country. Mm-hmm. We try to get our own U.S. backed person elected as the Venezuelan president. Mm-hmm. We failed. Yeah. But we we've tried. I mean, we've tried takeovers of countries in different ways. Yeah. We're not good at it. No. Now I, I will say this. Who knows how many times we've done it and succeeded without us, without the American people knowing it, right? Right. I'm not in the room. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we got someone on the ground in Peru, right? Maybe Peru's one of us. Yeah. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? I don't know. <laughs> Brazil. I mean, it could be. It could be any of them. Couldn't um, tell you. But you're right. Yeah. But like, why are we? Why do we continue? Like, and some cultures just don't have the same values that we do. You know, some don't value democracy and freedom and they, they don't it's not something that's a that they're concerned with sure and to try to say everyone wants these ideals which i'm sure if you went to the average afghani living in a you know uh without indoor plumbing and said hey you want to come to the, live in america they'd probably take you up on the offer right um but that's an individual that's an anecdotal incident sure to bring it there well, they, they, it doesn't mean anything to them. Well, think about this. I don't want to. I don't want to move out of my neighborhood. Yeah. Can you imagine someone? The, the amount of convincing it takes to have, convince someone to leave their country. Yeah. That they've lived in for 30, 40 years. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Some have it so bad they'll leave it a drop of a dime if you mm-hmm. let them. Some are clinging to airplanes trying to get out. Right. <laughs> but others. Well, but but is that because they got? used to a different way of life while they had the American forces no, on the ground. It's and it because they're terrified them. of dying. Or that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's... So, that's uh, because like anything is going to be better than what I'm facing. Yeah. Now, my my other question, though, is... So they keep talking about the, you know, 10,000 American citizens that are still there. Who are these people? Are they contractors? Are a they... Of, a lot of them are contractors. Are they, uh, there's actually another movie uh, called The Kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's got Jamie Foxx in it and some other people. I think Jennifer Garner's in it. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a, another really good movie. Yeah. But one of the things they kind of showed was that <clears throat> there was like a little American enclave mm-hmm. there because we have bases in these countries. Right. And they get staffed by Americans that come over via contractors and mm-hmm. they kind of carve out a little space for them to live. Um. So a lot of American citizens come from that. Then you've got Americans that work at the embassies. Um, that's where these American plus it, all the bases that were staffed by Americans, right? You know what I mean? Like so, I mean stuff like that. Yeah. Plus the military that's there. Yeah, but that's, how are we gonna? You know, the the so we so when this whole timeline was developed, and they decided that the withdrawal date was August thirty first, which is tomorrow, right? Yeah. No one bothered to tell the Americans that were there, hey, we're leaving on the 31st, you better be here? Or did they assume that the Afghan army would be able to stand and fight off the Taliban for long enough for these people to make an orderly withdrawal? I think you hit on that. And President Biden actually had kind of alluded to that when he said he didn't think, they didn't think it would get overrun. Right. As fast as it did. So I, I think they thought they had more time. I guess no one's going to say this was planned out well. Right? No, I don't think it was planned out at all. I think everyone 
almost everyone in this country would agree it was time to get out. Yeah, but if you and I, just two schlubs in you know suburban schlubs in a basement, can say that the Afghan army has no national identity, they're not going to fight for Afghanistan. The most powerful intelligence apparatus in the world couldn't figure that one out. Like that's my question. I I, I learned it by watching a YouTube. Video. That's <laughs> so, how I learned it. Right. So the YouTube guy figured it out. Yes. Um, and then you and I picked up on it. And I'm not a dummy, but I'm no, you know, uh, road scholar either. Um, you know, I I work a job that's I still have my name on my shirt. You know what I mean? So um but uh we figured this stuff out, right? So if they figured it out, um like why, why couldn't like w- what happened? Where no one thought, I don't think these guys are going to stick around. And if you talk to guys like that, that that were over there and fighting with uh, either Iraqi or Afghani forces, they go, but they didn't trust them. So, and they they made some some strong partnerships and bonds. But I mean, that was with some of the more elite groups. You know, if they had to go in an operation with with uh, with Iraqi troops, they're like, oh, this isn't going to go well. Yeah, and you can tell I'm hesitating by what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. All right. My father was high up in the military mm-hmm. at one point. And once you get to a certain point in the military, you're no longer the soldier you were. Once you get to the general level, not general level of you you've attained the rank of general right for the most part promotions within either national guard level or federal level Mm -hmm. and there is a difference the promotions are political right so now that doesn't mean they change joint chiefs of staff with every presidential change but in order to get your 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 uh, your stars. Mm-hmm. You've played the political game, right? And whether that's just shaking hands or saying the right thing, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's something along those lines. But I'm sure that the ones that have gotten four and five stars have played the political games long enough. I'm sure at some point, if you're at the level of Joint Chiefs of Staff, sometimes when you're in the room with a president and you're giving the president advice, you may not be being, you may not be 100% truthful or maybe you're not getting, you're, you're saying something more that they're going to like to hear. Yeah, so you're telling him what he wants to hear a little bit. I think so. And, or they're going to, and I'm not saying they're outright lying that they might be putting a spin on it mm-hmm. to make it sound like the plan that the president or someone wants to do could be successful, even though in the back of their mind they're saying it's going to be a lot tougher than we thought. Yeah, because of X, Y, and Z. However, if all things go right, yes, this could work, and so this is the plan we want to go with because the president wants to go with this, or his national security wants to go with it, or there's some external pressure to say mm-hmm. that they want to do this. Now, I think in an ideal world, in this situation, if you wanted to get out, um, covertly. They should have been evacuating people. Yeah, probably a month ago. Now here's the here's the other part of this though. 
if something changed on the ground, and I think this is what actually happened, something changed on the ground mm-hmm. where the government was probably collapsing a lot faster than they thought. Yeah. They thought the military would hold out longer than it did, mm-hmm. the Afghan national military. But the government collapsed very quickly once the Taliban started going forward. The boots on the ground, the intel on the ground, knew that the Taliban was probably going to start doing something. They mm-hmm. just thought they probably had more time to do it. They probably thought they had another 30 days. Yeah. So they probably were like, look, we're going to start the initial withdrawal this month in August. Mm-hmm. But we got until September 30th, we'll be able to get the rest of the people out. So we don't need as many planes there. We don't need as many helicopters there. Like, the evacuation plan was set up probably for 60 days when yeah. they really only had 30 and they didn't know it. Yeah. Um, and it makes them look really bad, right? I mean, obviously, they don't look good even to their own... Even in Democrat circles, this doesn't look oh, good. This, I They're mean, getting hammered. To, to watch, you know, CNN, you know talk bad about St. Joe is like, wow, is this, (laughs) yeah. Is the Chiron right on this? Like, well, in on CNN's part, I mean, bad news is good for ratings. Yeah. And so eventually they were going to, they were going to turn on, on the administration on the things that they could. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the things that they could, this is something that Democrat Republican there, they were all going to be critical about this. It, unfortunately, I think some of the ire is misplaced, right? And the only reason why I say that is because it's war. These are people. like Right. You might predict that the Afghan government might might fall, but you might think, hey, look, we can get another 30 days out of the military just to kind of hold the Taliban off. Right. So we can get out of here. And unfortunately, that part of the equation didn't happen. Yeah, they just dropped their weapons. They, and ran. They, exactly, and they weren't. That was the one thing I guarantee they weren't expecting. Yeah, because you you put you put twenty years into training these people. You figure you got twenty years to create a national identity. Yeah, that these people would rally behind, and for the most part, they just didn't have enough soldiers that did. Yeah, understandably so. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an old part of the world. Yeah, you're not going to fix. Or you're, you're not going to change something that's been happening over thousands of years in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's the difference of long-term versus short-term yeah. thinking. And it's tough to think that 20 years of short-term thinking. Oh, it's, it's a blip. But it's a blip, yeah. especially in that part of the world. Um, yeah, the average Afghani, their life, their standard of living is not much different than someone's 2,000 years ago. So, but my other... But my question for us is, so we're just going to leave these people there? Like, that's 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 the that, the one that gets me. Like, okay, if, if you had some bad intelligence, own up to it, but get these Americans out of there. I think they're going to have an opportunity to do that. The attack that happened recently was mm-hmm. not the Taliban. Yeah, it's it was ISIS-K or ISIS-K. whatever. ISIS-K. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's another vo- version of ISIS, yeah. right? It's like the I, Delta variant of yes. ISIS. I, th- I actually think, <laughs> I think the Taliban is actually going to have a harder time keeping control of the country than they think. Well, and and that's a, a good point because some of the, some of the stuff I've read is that ISIS K is better funded. They get they're getting more from wherever they're getting their funding from, um, is able to attract more people than the Taliban is. So that's going to be the battle between them and, and uh, they and they've got ties to those communities 
that the U.S. didn't. Yeah. They've got ties to the Pashtuns, the Tajiks. They, they have like that common Muslim bond. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying all Muslims are bad, but there, there's a common bond amongst those people and the people that live in Afghanistan mm-hmm. where they actually have a chance of getting the the um, approval from the locals Yeah, that the Americans never had a chance at getting. Right. Um, but I, I, I actually... And a, lot, and a lot of the approval we were getting was just paying them off. True. Absolutely. And, and there were guys that, you know, you go and, and kick someone's door in, and then the civil affairs people would come and, and give them money. You, you kill some dude's goat. Okay, here's two grand for for a goat. Yep. Two thousand dollars for a goat. I mean, they lost pallets of money. Yep. We're not dealing with the most you know honest and forthright people here. You know, because you're well, the pallets of money or the corruption, everything. It's it's crazy. Think think about two point two trillion dollars. In a country where to pay someone off, it's maybe five hundred bucks. Yeah, you know how many five hundred dollar bribes you got to pay to get to two point two million? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot yeah. of bribes. Yeah, no, I mean, don't worry. There's other costs in there, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like it, stuff doesn't cost a whole lot over there, right? And you know that's that's what they're doing. So the loyalty we had, you know, bought loyalty is that that's not really loyalty because the next guy that comes with the higher bidder is it's gone. It's gone immediately after the person le- leaves the front door. Yeah. Cash is in hand. You're out. I'm not loyal to you anymore. Yeah. And I don't blame them. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really blame them either. Um, but just my, my issue still remains with leaving our people there. Yeah. Then, you know, and for, for what it's worth, you know, I'm of the type, you know, go and use whatever force necessary to get them back. Um, not this, oh, well, you know, the Taliban ensured their their you know, passage. Okay. Yeah. Thanks to the Taliban. Again, you know, you didn't, the, the, the drug dealer at the liquor store was a bad dude. Yeah. I think this is a little bit different though. And it, I'm going to, again, this is going to be a very unpopular opinion. It, it is in the Taliban's best interest to let America get out who and what they want to get out. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, the Taliban just wants to have Afghanistan for their own and they don't want, anybody bothering them yeah what's the best way to ensure that you're forgotten to let everyone leave yeah let let all the americans leave mm-hmm. that want to leave so that you don't have americans you're not giving them a need for revenge again yeah oh because they start beheading people on correct tv it's yeah. uh, knock that knock that junk off right yeah. and from from the interviews that i've seen i mean shoot the head of the taliban Went on the Today Show. <laughs> like, they got their P- PR game is on fleek. Yeah. If the kids still say <laughs> that. I think I don't know if they do or not. I don't think so. But you get my point. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, the new faces of the Taliban are saying the right things right now. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they've come that far as far as what they're saying, they're not going on the cameras. They're not going on the Today Show and saying, death to America. Right. They're pretty much, from the things I've seen and heard, they're saying, no, no, we want you to leave. Mm-hmm. Leave us to live the life that we want to live. Now, of course, you've got, the, there's the whole debate on whether the life that they want to live is good for women, children, whatever. Right. I'm not here to debate that. I don't, I, I it's not my way of living, right? I, I don't agree with it. 
but I'm also not ready to go to Afghanistan to stop that. We went to Afghanistan because the person who knocked down two twin tower, two towers in New York City, who the guy who organized it was being it was being housed there and right. protected there, right? That's why we went there. We didn't go there because it was an all virtuous thing where we thought women were oppressed. No, we were and not is, there for that. Which is funny because that's one of the reasons why the Russians. The, that they manufactured a reason to go into Afghanistan right. um, was because they were oppressing women and 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 that, and we saw how it worked out for the Russians. Uh, kind of the same way it's working out for us. Yeah, right now. I, I mean, yeah, I don't think militarily it's necessarily a defeat for us like it was for the Russians. The Russians left because they they were getting their buns handed to them. Oh yeah, um, we weren't getting our buns handed to us. I just think that I think our exit looks worse than it than it should mm-hmm. because the the puppet government we set up just collapsed. Oh yeah, it- I, I, so I, I think the ending looks worse than the actual defeat that it is. It wasn't like they beat us on the on the the battlefield. Oh no, no, and that's that's the the thing is it. I agree, it looks bad when you think militarily. I mean, over the last several. Uh, you know, I don't want to say go back several years, but it's been relatively quiet there. Like they weren't messing with um, on large scale, and if they did come out to fight on a on a one on you know force against force, like they were absolutely annihilated. Right? I you mean, know, they they were the masters of guerrilla warfare. Yeah, I mean, they they knew the terrain. Mm-hmm. They knew which passes through the mountains that the U.S. needed for supply lines. Yeah. And they knew that they, they could go on the tops of the mountains and fire down on them, mm-hmm. or they could just blow up the pass. Yep. The U.S. would go in and fix it, start all over again. I mean, yeah. It was just a constant back and forth of annoyances. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, guerrilla warfare is annoyances. Mm-hmm. And you're just hoping to annoy someone enough that they'll leave. Right. You know, and, and eventually, I mean, it took 20 years, mm-hmm. but that's what's happening. Now, what... Once Bin Laden was dead, what was the point of continuing continuing all this? Because I'm I'm a cynic. Who's making money off of this? Well, defense contractors are making money off of it. A lot of money. Um, you know, and uh, Jimmy Dore said the other day on you know a couple weeks ago on Rogan the the worst way to uh you know for to support an economy is through defense spending. Because you're just you're literally burning the money. It's going to build a bomb, which you're going to drop on some piece of crap, you know, structure somewhere. You know, use a use a two million dollar bomb to destroy a you know two thousand uh, dollar you know Toyota pickup truck with a B with a with a machine gun on the back of it. Yep. So that's probably the worst way to make money. But Raytheon shares probably went up. Northrop. Yep. Boeing. So, um, you know who. People are making money, so is that a completely cynical uh, take on it? No, I do think I think that's part of it. Um, plus, you got you know the KKRs and the Browns mm-hmm. that they're the companies and the Honeywells that they're the ones that go in to the countries and manage the green zones, mm-hmm. the American cities, the bases. Yeah, you know the you know good old Dick Cheney, mm-hmm. who was the head of. Halliburton. Halliburton. That's another. I think. I think Halliburton uh, owned K 
KKR mm-hmm. or Brown and Associates or one of those. Um, those are the companies that go and they they provide food services yeah. for these bases and, and outposts and mm-hmm. uh, they 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 build commissary. I mean, when they go to these places, they build a full fledged army base. Oh yeah, it's no, got and the so, commissary, the BX. Yeah, it. it, it you got housing. And you got housekeepers. You yeah, I mean, these are all people employed. And look, if you're a, a simple housekeeper or a food server. Mm-hmm. The amount of money they pay you to go to these places is stupid. Money. Oh yeah, and so, and you know the 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 now that the green zone in Baghdad in, in Iraq was they called it the Emerald City. That was nuts. There's Burger Kings, Pizza, Chick Fil A. Yep, you just walk. It was crazy. Nice too. So think about I mean, Burger King, Chick Fil A, yeah. Subway. Mm-hmm. They're all making money off of this. Yeah. So is it cynical? Maybe accurate. Possibly. <laughs> now, <laughs> here's the thing. If that's the motivator, what's to stop it from happening again somewhere else? Some of the little flare up somewhere, and we decide that we need to go into this, you know, because militarily they, you could defeat a lot of these a lot of these little countries pretty handedly pretty fast. Well, you want to get even more cynical with me? Yeah. All right. What? Out of the... Out of the election last year, mm-hmm. who who or what became the most demonized group in America? Domestic violent extremism. Oh yeah, yep. Domestic yeah violent extremism. Mm-hmm. Well, now if you don't if you don't need the foreign conflict mm-hmm. to keep the dollars rolling. Now the internal one. Now the internal one. Yeah, and you can still you can sell military equipment based on that fear. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't need to go set up that base. Yeah, but you want to know what might happen? The U.S. military might say, "Okay, we now have this new mission against domestic violent extremism." Mm-hmm. And you know all those fourteen to fifteen bases we wanted to close. Now looks we should like, probably keep those. Open. Looks like we need to keep them open. Yeah, you know, and those fourteen to fifteen Burger Kings and Chick Fil A's, yep. and you know the, the the staffing by KKR and Brown and Honeywell and or not and um, Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Well, now you need to, and you got fifteen more BXs and commissaries and and it the the military is one of the biggest consumers of products and goods right in the country. Mm-hmm. If you if you looked up how much they spend on just consumer goods, yep. to run these bases and, and you know, it's it's a hefty sum. Yeah, because every toilet needs toilet paper. Every you know, you need computers. Yeah, computers, roads, buildings, more airplanes. Yep, more bombs. Yep, more guns, more ammo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shoot, more fish, chicken. Mm-hmm. Gotta, you you got to staff the commissary. More, more Big Macs. Yeah. Yep. In, the, in the BX, you got, I mean, back in the day when when we went, we went on base, man, you get that, you got a Sony Discman. Oh, yeah. Nice and cheap. Well, some of these commissaries are like, it's it's like a like a Sam's Club or a, yeah. or a, um, I think the one at Mead's really big. Mm-hmm. And that, that place is, it, it's, it's like Costco. Um, yeah. But you know it's funny you mentioned the the domestic stuff because, you know I'm looking at a uh, a screenshot from NBC Nightly News a couple weeks ago, um, 
according to Homeland Security, the potential terror threats, uh, opposition to COVID measures, uh, claims of election fraud, and 9-11 anniversary and religious holidays are so I'm, I'm, the first one, opposition to COVID threats. So let's keep that going, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when and, and the funny part is, is that there's currently pretty much not on the scale of the of the Nazis in World War II, but North Korea, it's essentially a Holocaust going on right now. That like sure. legit evil sure. in China. Yeah, with the Uyghurs. Yeah, that's an. Act, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going to compare it to an actual Holocaust, but they have concentration camps. They're putting people in boxcars. They're called re-education camps. Yeah, I mean, this stuff is. But we're not going to take on China. Yeah, like we we need an enemy. Yeah, and think about it. If you don't have to go, if you run out of countries to be enemies with that you can actually do something against, mm-hmm. where's the next best place? Yeah, home. Mm-hmm. We we can do it right here. We don't have the the cost of it would go way down. Yeah, the logistics become really simple. I don't have to set up a base three three hundred thousand or forty miles thousand miles away. Right, with people that are actually going to kill me. Right, I could do it here. Yeah. All right. And just keep the shell game going here. Now I'm not saying that's what's happening, but there there's definitely the 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 push for this domestic violent extremism, mm-hmm. and the groups that they're talking about. Are tiny mm-hmm. compared to the population in this country. Yeah, but oh, they're violent. They're getting violent. Man, uh, like, I'm not saying the KKK are good people. No, I nasty, don't think anyone's going to say that. No, nasty, awful people. Yeah, if they're still in look Aryan Nation, whatever they are, they're still in existence. Mm-hmm. But I remember Vice did a kind of a, a documentary on them, or an in, what do they call that kind of journalism? Like where expose, expo, yeah, something like that, where they went in. And the recruiting for these people was a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, the, are they getting like the disaffectionate, or the, the 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 kid that doesn't have any friends and he's looking for new friends? Sure, they might get him. Who's not really not into the cause, and when he gets a little too extreme, they're probably like, "Well, wait a minute, <laughs> I shouldn't be here." Yeah. But if you're talking about groups, when you add them all up in different parts of the country, if it makes a hundred thousand. In a country of 350 million, mm-hmm. and they're all spread out across the country and not organized, and they all believe in a little bit different things, yep. so they're never going to get together and do anything. Mm-hmm. Do you keep an eye on them? Sure. Yeah. Are you going in and infiltrating them and doing all... No. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> it's just... I mean, shoot. I think they said this group in Michigan that was organizing the kidnapping of Gretchen Whitmer, the governor there. Right. I think they said the group totaled... 27 or 28 people mm-hmm. 13 were government informants <laughs> and it turned out that the 13 were the ones that pushed the agenda to go do this in the first and place that always yeah <laughs> it, and, it, it wasn't the people they were going at like the people they put in there mm-hmm. were the ones that were kind of like pushing and the that, bad thing that and that always made me kind of I'd always look at that kind of side-eyed or what would the kids say? They'd say that's sus. Yeah. Rather than saying suspect because the extra syllable is really hard to. Tough to do. Yeah. yeah. Too much. Too got too much going on. Can't say that extra syllable. Yeah. But when you see those, and there are some some terror plots that the that that you know they were able to uh, to foil, and you turn out like 
there was never any legit threat to anyone. They found some loser somewhere, and they talked a guy up into a frenzy, and they get him to go, you know, and he thinks he's going to set the bomb off, and it's inert. It was all just a, a prop. And then they go and parade around, like, look at this plot we foiled. To me, it's borderline entrapment, you know? That, but, that one's real close to yeah, entrapment. Yeah. So you, you think about that, and you're like, what did you actually accomplish? Did, now, granted, there are guys out there doing great work and some legit investigations and actually cracking down on some things, but when you have to manufacture it and just find some because you can find some loser anywhere. You know, some dude that's just, you know, what do they call them now? Those incels. Look at that, that, Dylan, the Dylan Roof kid in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. All right. Look, he's a bad, he was a bad kid. Yeah. Did some, did a horrible thing. And he's going to die because he, of it. Exactly. He's Good going riddance. to die. Right. And, you know, so maybe if you had spent the, the time, you know, now granted it's hard to track and people aren't putting everything all over Facebook. And I'm not sure, I don't know the details of that case, but that's, that's the one you need to foil. Not the one you invented to foil. Right. Like, hey, I just set my house on fire and I put it out. Give me a medal. Like, dude, you you did all of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So um what what exactly is the is the the big uh you know the, 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 the big success there? You know, you, you know, maybe if you had stopped the Zarnaevs, hey, I'll give you a, you know, um the Props su- for that. The success was they got Bin Laden. They killed him. Yeah. Okay. And they killed some other pretty bad people in the process. Yeah. Okay. I, I think you're right. I mean, I think after after they killed Bin Laden, it should have been get out time then. Yeah. Like, look, we're never going to build this nation into anything. We, yeah. We, I think the problem was, though, the optics of leaving mm-hmm. because of the human rights issues. Yeah, because of the 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 female issue, you know, the how women are treated there, yep. and look, we from this country with different ideals and values. I'm not saying women in in Afghanistan, per this country's standards, are treated well. Mm-hmm. They're not right, right, according to us. But you know, even if even if you go like in a, a country like Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. we also don't think women are treated properly right. there. Women there. Now, there might be some women's activists there, but women there have been fighting for their reforms. Yeah. Women well, were allowed, last... two, two, years ago, two years ago, women were allowed to drive. Yeah, two right? years ago. Right. But they fought for that. Yeah. That wasn't because of us. Right. You know, they wanted that change. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it. Look, if, if women stood up and fought in Afghanistan, they would be killed yeah. immediately yep. for any plethora of reasons. Yeah. Is it... The, and this is one of the oldest questions. Is it the U.S.'s responsibility to go and fix everything we think is wrong in the world? And the overwhelming response so far has been no. Yeah. Well, because it, it, it doesn't work. And then it, get, it, it almost begs the question, so if you criticize another culture here, they'll call you a xenophobe or a bigot or this or that. Unless we're over there dropping bombs on them with F-15s, then it's okay. So it's, it's we're talking about both sides of our mouth at that point. Yep. Um, you know, now, there's some, like, we killed a lot of legit bad guys yep. over there. Oh, like, yeah. people that were just, that deserved to die. That was the, that was the only thing that was, that was, uh, 
that these people were good for was was like good riddance. No loss there, you know. Um, Uday and Kusei Hussein were they were miserable. People. Yeah, just awful, violent. Um, there's a podcast called the uh, it's the Unraveling. It's it's Jocko and I forget the other guy, Daryl Cooper, I think his name is, and they go through and they like really get uh, granular with the stuff that that these people were doing. Um, you know, Uday, there there were skinning people alive. I mean, just it's gross, sadistic, sadistic shit. Yeah. yeah, like achieves no end. Um, like truly, like there are some truly messed up people. Yeah, like and well, shooting that guy in the face, but I'm pro- okay. Yeah. You know, we, um, we got Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, we got the son of Sam. Those two brothers mm-hmm. were worse than them. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm not like I'm not trying to say the other two were. I'm not trying to say Jeffrey Dahmer's a good guy. Right. Didn't he eat people? Yes. Yeah. These two were worse. Yeah. Than the dude that ate humans. <laughs> yeah. And you know it, them being dead, no one's crying over that. Right. You know, so we, we it's not like we've never done good things. Yeah. But. Are we going to fix the world's problems yeah. everywhere right. that don't live up to our ideals? Right. And you can't. You can't. The world it's, is too big. Right. Think about it. India. India. Mm-hmm. One billion people. Yeah. We have 350 million. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're, they're almost four times our size. I think one billion isn't even in the right number. Yeah. I think they have more than one billion. Mm-hmm. They're four times the size of us. Yeah. What, what, what are we going to do? Yeah. We're not fixing the, their ills. No. Never mind the fact, does anyone here want to fix India? Yeah. I don't think so. Do, uh, do the Indians? I, I mean, and not that there's anything really wrong with India. I mean, they're, they're not perfect either. Teach their own. Yeah. That's their, that's their way of life. Yeah. Do they want to be fixed? You know, and there are know. some groups that legit wanted our help throughout the Middle East, the different parts of the world, but the Middle East, like the Kurds. We've done nothing but dick over the Kurds. For just, I mean, like those people, I cannot believe. And some of the, you know, um, and if, if you're into military history or anything like that, or especially some of the, 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 from the Gulf War on, the first Gulf War, Desert, uh, Desert Storm, like the Kurds are some of the most valiant, hardest fighting people there are. Yeah. Um, like punching way above their weight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, We've done nothing but screw them over. And, yep. you know, it's always political considerations. Oh, we can't. The Turks don't like them, and we have an air base in Turkey. So sorry, Kurds. The perfect opportunity was in Iraq. Yeah. When we could have carved out a space for them mm-hmm. in northwestern Iraq. Yeah. Called Kurdistan. Called Kurdistan. In fact, at one point in time, they were in complete control of that area. Mm-hmm. And... Because of, I believe, Turkey and Syria at the time. Yeah. They were, they, and Turkey is a, is a close ally of the United States, or at least at that time was. Mm-hmm. And they were worried that if Kurdistan was allowed to exist in that northern part of Iraq, there was a large Kurdish population in that southeast corner of Turkey. I'm oh, sorry, southwest corner of Turkey, right mm-hmm. where that, right where that border yeah. is. They were afraid that. <clears throat> they would take the opportunity by having their own country to to annex that section of yes, Turkey. Yeah. yeah, and and so I think Turkey was the reason why Kurdistan never came came about because Sunni and Shia 
in Iraq, which were the other two major populations, mm-hmm. and I think Shia more than Sunni, they weren't in that part of the country. Yeah. Like, they didn't live there. So for them, and again, this comes down to the tribalism is more important than the name of the country. Yep. And the borders. Yep. Um, I don't think the this the Shia population there would have cared too much. I mean, th- there was some oil. There probably would, like, I think there was a deal to be made there. Mm-hmm. Like, look, kick us twenty five percent of the oil revenue. Yeah, and we'll let you create Kurdistan. You know, it, it basically kind of like give them like a you know a twenty five or fifty year lease or lease back on some oil rigs yeah. or something. So that way, the country, uh, the remaining part of Iraq, wouldn't have been bro- broke mm-hmm. financially. Yeah. I think there was a deal to be made there, but I don't think it was the Shia in, in Iraq that said, no, no, we can't have this. Mm-hmm. It was probably Turkey that said, no, we can't have yeah, this that's because the, they were worried about losing their part, part yeah. of their land. And, and one of the, the, the things that Turkey holds over us is there's a, there's a big Air Force base there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, you know, it's a strategically important base. There's also access to the Black Sea through... Um, through Istanbul, you know, there's the that what is it? I forget the straits or whatever. That's, but it, it runs, moves, right? Yeah, is that, is that what, I could be wrong with that one. I'm not sure the, the name of it. Geo, my geo, I'm usually pretty good with geography, but I'm I'm drawing I'm, a blank, I'm blank on this on that. one. <laughs> blank in but, that little corner. And the thing is, the difference between the Shia and the Sunni is it's like Protestants and Catholics. Right. It's it's not that huge of a divide, but you know, in our eyes, because you're like, oh, what's the, we you know. I'm Catholic, this, you know, you're Protestant, whatever. We get along fine. We're not trying to kill each other. Um, but it's just generations of blood feud and, and that that have just been going on uh, for so long that that that's where their loyalty. And that's where Saddam were running Iraq the way he did because Saddam was neither. He was a he was a Bathist. Well, he was a Sunni. Yeah, but he was a... The Bathist was the political party. Yeah, the Bath he, party. He was a Sunni Muslim. And that's how the Sunni minority mm-hmm. ran Iraq was through that. Was be, well, because they they violently took it over. Yeah, there's actually there's a movie called House of Saddam. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's a mini series called House of Saddam. Uh, it was an, I believe it was an HBO series, and it kind of chronicled how that came about. Now another one talks about how the Baathists took over Syria, mm-hmm. and it was. Um, it actually, the, it had Sasha Baron Cohen, the comedian. Mm-hmm. He actually did. He did a um, who's who's Jewish. He did a uh, another six part miniseries, also from HBO, called The Spy. Mm-hmm. That uh, kind of went into detail about how this he was playing an Israeli spy, how he infiltrated um, uh, kind of the Syrian, the Baathist takeover of Syria. Mm-hmm. Like he got in with the Bathists before uh, they took over Syria. Mm-hmm. So when they did take over Syria, he was really high up in there. Yeah, uh, not politically, he was more of a socialite kind of person. Yeah, but so I mean, the spy, really good six. I think it's like six part documentary. Mm-hmm. Not, it's it's a movie, but it, with a lot of historical yeah fact in there. And then uh, House of Saddam. That's mm-hmm. another one. If yeah. you if you ever want to see how the Bathists got both countries, yeah, and and the Bathists were very, uh, you know, prior to you know, were, were more like Nazis than they were, you know they they got a lot of their, um, they killed a lot of people, yeah, and that's how they kind of if you look at Saddam it was all the military uniforms and the 
parades and all this this uh, this very, stuff. Very North Korea esque. Yeah, that and and the you know with, uh, but there is you know because the Germans were there in World War Two as well. So yeah, um, but yeah, that part of the world has just been carved up and drawn into lines that don't really mean anything to them. And if we try to enforce it, you know, the Saudis are able to get away with it because they just have so much money. Right. Um, well, and then it's the Saudis and Iran are bitter enemies. Yeah. Like, at this point, it's like, look, let. And I think part of the reason why we're there is for Sa- to support the Saudi government. Because mm-hmm. I think the Shia population is much larger than any Sunni population yeah. in those other parts. Like, the Sunni dominates Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. uh, and the Bedouins. Yeah. Um, but I think in, the, in a lot of the other parts, I think she is the majority in a lot of these countries. Like I know in Iran, she is the majority. Iraq, uh, she is the majority. Um, I'm not sure about Afghanistan and Pakistan, but yeah, I'm not sure how that works either. And then you got India, who's Hindu. That's a different. That's not Muslim. That's Hindu Hinduism and Sikhs and Sikhs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, going back to your original question though, are they going to get all the people out? Yeah. I, I think there's a deal to be made there. I, mm-hmm. I don't think the Taliban. I don't think the Taliban. As a kid, I don't think the Taliban want the heat anymore. Mm-hmm. I think they just they just want to take their country back. Yeah. And do whatever they want to do, whether they want to kill Afghans or whatnot. I don't know. I yeah. don't know how that works, but I think they're going to steer clear of harming Americans, mm-hmm. so that there isn't more. So that there isn't blowback. Yeah. Basically, now I could be wrong. They might go and kill everybody. Well, then what happens if ISIS K beats the Taliban? Yeah, I think the tal- the Taliban is probably going to be much stiffer resistance than the Afghan National Army was for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, like they're not going. There's no shot if ISIS goes after Afghanistan and the Taliban that the Taliban is just going to lay down arms and let them take it. I don't yeah. think that happens. I think they're going to have a fight, and ISIS may know that. Yeah, and they might be like, "Look, we want to go after Americans. Mm-hmm. We're not here to kill other Afghans or yeah. other Muslims. Yeah, we just want to kill Americans on their way out." Mm-hmm. You because know, before that day, I'd never heard of ISIS-K. No. It sounds like Special K. It sounds like a cereal. Yeah, <laughs> a bad, bland cereal. Right. But, and the thing is, like, that part of the world still, the Syria question isn't settled. That's still going. It's still going. Bashar al-Assad's still there. Um, and I don't think Iraq is settled either. I think that's going to be. No. And at what point do we just Syria. say, you know, we're done? Um, well, you got, you got some people on the left. That said, we should have been done nineteen years ago, yeah, or, th- or whatever. How many years ago we we killed Bin Laden? Mm-hmm. All right, good. We should have been gone right yeah. then. Tuck tail, get out. Yep. Um, I I think people forget on the left. There's there's a huge anti-war movement yeah. on the left, and I think on the right, I, I think there are some people right now politicizing the the crap out of this. Well, they just want to make Biden look bad. They want to make him look bad, yeah. and Biden's not helping himself either. But look. I, I also think, though, with the whole MAGA movement mm-hmm. and the um, now the America First movement, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people on the right who don't want us in foreign wars either. Yeah. like We keep talking about the populist left and the populist right. Yep, I was just going to say it. They There's very little that separates them yeah. other than the fact that they've been on the left and the right so long they don't, they don't realize... That the populist parts of each party have a whole lot in common. Oh, yeah. And the media has a very big incentive to make sure that they don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of people on the left and a lot of people on the right 
like, look, we're getting out and it's messy, mm-hmm. but I'm really happy we're out. Yeah. And by the way, go finish the job and get everybody else out. Yeah. Don't 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 make this your Saigon. Mm-hmm. You still got time. Yeah. I mean, at least that's my opinion on it. There's yeah. still time to write this ship. Now, yeah. no, no, don't get me wrong though. The media and the right, the the conservative movement on the right, they're never going to let him think he did a good thing. No. But there, at one point in time, whether a Republican or Democrat president, one of them was going to have to get out of this mess. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, Biden's probably the perfect person to do it. He probably he, he's in his eighties, or is he in his seventies? Okay. Seventy eight. Seventy eight. He's seventy eight yeah. years old. He doesn't have an. He maybe he'll run for president again, I, but probably I, I won't. When I when I look at him. I don't know if he's going to finish this term. Well, who knows? But what I'm saying, he, he doesn't need the political capital yeah. anymore. I, the thing is, I almost, I, I almost feel bad for the guy because when I see him, I'm just like, like he's just he looks old. Now, when you look at progressions of presidents from they, when they come oh, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Abraham Lincoln's crazy. Yeah. Like when he was first elected, and then you know Barack Obama. Now he was there for eight years. Yeah. Um, W. Bush was there for eight years, so there's going to be eight years of aging. But yeah, but they both looked real. They they looked like they aged like twenty five years. Oh yeah, both of them. Yeah. Clinton was the same way. Yeah, and and when but when I look at Joe Biden, I feel bad. I'm like, you guys really pulled this dude up and and ran him. You couldn't find anybody else, right? Um, because I I feel it's like let this guy just rest. You know the the, the thing that surprised me. And I can't remember the guy's name in Ohio. Is it Tim Ryan? He's a Democrat. He was gonna he was gonna challenge Nancy Pelosi for the Speaker of the House. Okay. A couple of years ago, young young white guy, Democrat out of Ohio, mm-hmm. yeah, one of those swing states. Yeah. Why they haven't? I feel like the Democrat hasn't pumped their bench. Mm-hmm. Whereas Republicans, at least in the last five six years. You know, once you get past, like, the Cruises and the Rubios and whatnot, mm-hmm. there's actually a pretty good bench of Republicans that are coming up. Yeah, it's like, it's like they're, uh, it's like the the Major League Club isn't that good, but they got a good farm system. And, but it's all it's part of the reason why local governments right now are dominated by Republicans. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean, I think it was, what, 28 states right now have... Republican majorities mm-hmm. in the Houses and Senates. Yeah. Yeah, that, we only got 50 states. Yeah. So, yeah, somewhere along the line, at local at the local level, Republicans are making headway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that getting that many young people elected, it's created a bench. It's it, It's gotten them... It teaches them how to get through a campaign, how to staff a campaign, yeah. how to run a campaign... Because with every candidate, you've got someone that needs to run the campaign. So yeah. now you're, so not only are you creating a bench of candidates, but you're creating a bench of people that know how to operate campaigns, which is just as important. Yeah. Um, now, does that mean there's going to be more Republican wave? No, it, mm. it'll probably swing back the other way, like it always does. Just like in the House and Senate, I think it's going to swing back Republicans in 2022. Yeah. But right now, if you had a name. If you had to give me a national candidate for president on the Democrat side, I don't know I could tell you one that's under the age of 60. Yeah, I, 
I, I mean, I com- unfortunately, Kamala Harris has not done herself any favors. No, and I think that she's just because likability is a big, it's a big thing. It's huge. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think a lot of people think she's they. Well, and the other thing with Republicans is they've got a deep bench of women, mm-hmm. and they're starting they're starting to get a bench of minority candidates. Yeah, like I, I know the. The old mantra is the Republicans are the old racist party, the, the the old white man racist party. But on the local level, and and it's starting to creep up, and you you got the, um, I believe Tim Scott, mm-hmm. you know, black male Republican in South yeah. Carolina, Ted Cruz is a I mean, Hispanic minority. Yeah, um, you're getting more minorities, and I and you're starting to get now right now they're mostly white women. But they're getting more women. Yep. Now, well, and even, even if you look at the on the social media side, like the influencers, there's a lot more um, minority conservative voices than I've ever seen. Yeah. And you know, you've got a, you know, there's a there's that that guy Zuby. Um, yeah. There's this okay. other Corey Yeshua, I think. There's uh, Colleen Noir. Yep. There's you know, Candace Owens is as big as it gets. Yep. Larry Elder, the guy running for governor out in California. Mm-hmm. Now, Larry's been doing it a really long time, though, as a radio yeah. show host. Yep. And he, he might win that. Well, and, and if you ever listen to Larry, Larry Elder or um, Brandon Tatum. Mm-hmm. And by the way, these are people, and Candace Owens, these are people with one million plus subscribers on YouTube. Oh, yeah. You might not see them on the news. Yep. You might not see them anywhere on regular TV. Yeah. But people are watching them on YouTube and other platforms and do podcasts. and, um, But, you know, that's when, like, when Democrats say, oh, you need to listen to minorities, you need to listen to minorities. Well, as long hap- as they agree with... Right. Well, what happens when I go and listen to these minorities? Yeah. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the... But one of the... One of the... The one person a lot of these um, conservative Republican minority... Uh, People, influencers. The one person they always talk about is Thomas Sowell. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If you haven't heard or read Thomas Sowell, what he's put out there, and the guy's probably I think in the seventies right now. He's he's an economist, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. To to re like I didn't know about this guy. Mm-hmm. I, like when they say they don't teach like black history or black or black influencers or or, or black intelligent people. How this guy got left off the list yeah. is unheard of to me. Mm-hmm. He's super intelligent. Yeah. Uh, even guys like Alan West, mm-hmm. um, Leo Terrell, like these are all conservative minority people. And, but if you say that's the minority voices that you're listening to, it's like, oh, no, no, we didn't mean them. Right. No, yeah. We, we want to hear black voices, just not those black voices. Right, yeah. Which is just such a pile of crap. Right. Um, it, it, it's so disingenuous because it shows that when they say that, they just want to hear black voices that support that that position. They don't care. Um, they don't want to hear conservative black voices. Well, it's the whole you know, diversity diversity of... Um, what's, the, what's the saying? It's diversity of... Uh, Diversity of appearance, not diversity of thought. Right, exactly. 
they, they don't want any dissension opinion. No, but like we've 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 talked about this before. That was the Republican Party about what 14, 15 years ago mm-hmm. when Barack Obama was running. The yeah. Tea Party came up. Yep, they were the same way. You better think like this. Yep. Or you're not one of us. Yeah, we're going to call you a rhino. Or and it's, that term still gets tossed around. Still does, dude. Michael, like, 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 don't get me wrong. Michael Steele, I don't. I, I think he's more Democrat, even yeah. though he was a lieutenant governor in the state of Maryland as mm-hmm. a Republican. Yeah. But you know, part of it, I think, is because he's on TV and he's, he's trying to keep a job. But yeah, they call him a rhino. Mm-hmm. Shoot, the governor in Maryland, Hogan. Yep. Rhino. They it, call it, they call Dan Crenshaw a rhino. Yeah. Which is. Because they want to compromise and yeah. they want to find some middle ground to actually get stuff done. Because the thing you're is, you're now a rhino. Right, get out of here. You, and that that drives me nuts. You still have to govern. Yeah. Because on one hand, you want to stand there and say they don't do anything, but then when they do stuff, you're a rhino. So, well, a great example of that that infrastructure bill, mm-hmm. the one that was bipartisan in the Senate, mm-hmm. passed on a bipartisan. So it was put together by, I think it was. They, the new gang of eight, whatever. Yeah. Four Republicans, four Democrats put it together. Mm-hmm. Even went and negotiated with Joe Biden. Yep. Sign, he signed off on it. Mm-hmm. Passed the Senate bipartisan vote. Yep. Sitting in the House right now. Yeah. Because they won't vote on that until they vote on the the progressive agenda yeah. for the budget. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. This is something that you can do. Take the win. Mm-hmm. Who cares if it was done with bipartisan votes? Yeah. It shows you can work with someone else. Yep. And it's funny because they all stand there and their campaigns all work with the other side. And then when they get elected, mm-hmm. I want to hear the other side. No, you don't. You, you want to know the best way to get that middle 40% of this country? Pass something bipartisan. Yeah. When you're in power. Mm-hmm. Like right now, if the, I mean, the Democrats have done a lot of things to push independent voters away. Yeah. But if they were to go and just, and, and just pass that bipartisan infrastructure bill. Without it tied to their progressive agenda yeah. bill, budget bill, mm-hmm. that would get a lot more independent. That middle forty or thirty-five percent of voters, it would bring a lot of them back because yeah. it's like, okay, look, you're trying to do what you're trying to do. We get it. That's your politics, but at least you did you did something for the better of the country. Mm-hmm. That was done on a bipartisan level. Yeah, you got you're going to pull some people back like that. It's like whoever's doing the PR right now for Democrats. Is doing an awful job. They're just trying. They just want to ram through that the the stuff of the crazy, yeah, the fringe of the party. And now that infrastructure bill, I think it costs too much. And there's a lot of stuff in it that isn't infrastructure. I think infrastructure. I think bridges, roads. You know, they're they're trying to say climate change stuff is infrastructure. Like there there's some big stretches in there. But mainly, my problem with it is it costs too damn much money that we've had. One trillion. Yeah. On top of the what is it that budget they have the three and a half trillion three and a half and trillion again, dollar budget and like we said before gener- usually like a few years ago b- full blown budgets were about a trillion or yeah one point four yeah and you're just you're you're printing off money that just that we don't have and like so stop it um, <laughs> but, <laughs> stop it yeah like, it's like what would they say uh, South Park the dog yeah. Like, don't be gay, Sparky. Don't yeah. be gay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that doesn't work. Yeah. But I just, you know, I, I don't, that's why I don't like it. So I would have voted against it, but I'm not elected anywhere. So. Well, here's, the, but again, though, I might not agree with the price tag. I mm-hmm. might not agree with everything that's in it. But you want to know what? Because it was put together by four Republicans and four Democrats, mm-hmm. signed off by, by a de- Democrat president. And if the House would put it up and pass it on a bipartisan 
vote. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the dollar amount is. Yeah. You you showed you could govern yeah. with the other side, mm-hmm. not just ramming through what you want to ram through. Yeah. And again, they well, and someone's going to say, well, they're going to pa- they might pass it in September after they pass their other thing, their other main budget through. No, 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 no. You got this sitting here. Yeah. Pass it. Go for the easy layup. Right. Exactly. Take your wins, yeah. But they don't see it as a win, right? Because they're they're gonna. And, and uh, right now, and if it, it was Democrats, right? Actually, moderate Democrats are the ones that are going to force the vote on that. Mm-hmm. So the deal that they made was okay. We're, we'll vote on the huge budget first, but we'll, but you know, Nancy's like, well, but we're definitely going to put the other one on the floor too mm-hmm. after. So if you want that to go on the floor, you better vote for this one. Yeah, moderate Democrat. Yeah, they're crazy. And the thing is, like, that doesn't that that crazy stuff doesn't it doesn't play in the middle. No, it, well, that's the thing, right? What I don't think they're understanding is people in the middle are seeing that because mm-hmm. it, it was definitely a public thing. I mean, yeah, I will say that those those moderate Democrats played a really nice hand, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because they went to social media, they went on the news, they went public with it. They didn't keep silent. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, look, we don't think this is right by the American people. Yeah. Because it was done in a bipartisan way. Mm-hmm. And we're moderates. We we like the compromise way. Yeah. And most times, I'll say this, they, they probably felt like they were getting pushed. Mm-hmm. Because right now, how often do moderates have a say in oh, anything? Never. Right? So, right now you got. I think they they only needed like six because the 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 split in the house is so narrow. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe they had nine, so they had more than they needed. So even a few dropped off, but they were like, "Look, you can bow down to these super progressive people and put all this stuff in the bill, but we're not going to vote for it." Yeah. So you might you're going to come back to the middle because we hold enough votes to sink anything you want to put through. Mm-hmm. It was a brilliant move. Yeah. Now, whether they stick to it, I don't know. And from what I heard in the background, that of the nine, they were all trying to cut their own deal. Yeah. So they weren't that, it's not that solid of a core group, right? Right. But at the time, it was a real, real nice move on their Mm -hmm. part. And it was a way to push back against the more extreme part of the party, saying, hey, look, you're going to get me unelected if you keep pushing this stuff through. Because obviously, Mm -hmm. these moderates are from moderate right they're from moderate districts right i just wondered how there's the like you have the squad and all those crazies and then you've got like the tea party and the freedom caucus and all this why isn't there like a coalition of just like normal ones so you had one with the democrats there used to be the blue dogs mm-hmm. and the blue dogs he Schuler was part of the blue dogs yeah. when he was when he got elected in tennessee mm-hmm. i think yeah the problem, so the bases got them, they primaried them. Yeah. And got them voted out for someone mm-hmm. who was more progressive. Yeah. Well, the Republicans were doing the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, the Tea Party, this is back when the Tea Party was rising. I mean, you remember that lady from Delaware? She, oh, the crazy one? The, like, she believed in witchcraft and stuff? Y- yeah. And she got creamed in the general yeah. election? Well, I, I think some of these people are like, look, we're going to give up a few seats, but the ones that we get are going to be more of the base than of the middle, and so whenever we get a, whenever we get that majority, mm-hmm. we're going to be able to push through that more progressive or that more conservative agenda yeah. without these moderate, these stupid moderates getting in the way. Right. They right. actually want to keep the trains running and the lights on. Yeah. But and my my thing is, you know, if you're gonna, 
I've always blamed the like the the divide, the gridlock on the primary system. Because in order to get elected, you have to go so far right or so far left, and that the majority of the country really is, who resides in the middle isn't represented by anyone. Because when it comes down to it, you have a choice between, you know, wing nut right winger and, you know, uh, you know wacky communist. <laughs> so really, you're, you, you've got the choice. And then you vote on, like, well, you know, that guy looks like an asshole. You know, so you pick the you pick the lesser two evils. I, I don't think, I think most people in this country are voting against somebody else, not necessarily for someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, so that's, it's like, oh, what, do I want to eat the cat turd or the dog turd? Mm. Like, which one am I, like, you got to eat one of them, you know? Yep. Um, so it reminds me of a Simpsons, like when the, the aliens come <laughs> and they take over, it was during the 92 election, I believe. Yeah. With, Clinton, or no, no, it was, was, uh, was that the Gore Bush one? 96 with Dole and Clinton. <laughs> and they've taken over Bill Clinton's body and Bob Dole's body. And then they reveal themselves and, you know, they say, oh, you have a two-party system. You have to pick one of us. And Ross Perot's there. <laughs> like, we, we could vote for a th- third party. And then the alien says, go ahead, throw your vote away. Right. <laughs> and they vote for the alien overlords. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the, the, a third party is never going never gonna to make it. I mean, even this, the, the new libertarian candidate is Dave Smith. Mm-hmm. He's probably the first rational person. Or, or sane sounding person yeah. that libertarians have ever put up. Mm-hmm. Gary Johnson was was on the ticket a while back, and yeah, everyone thought Bill Weld probably should have been the headliner on that ticket, not mm-hmm. the vice president on that ticket, because yeah. Gary Johnson's kind of a a loopy dude. Yeah, um, was he the governor somewhere? Of governor somewhere? of Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely, he kind of like a little bit of flighty kind yeah. of character. And he was in some interview, and they asked him a question about uh, they asked him about Aleppo. Yeah. Now look, if I if anyone says the word Aleppo, right off the bat in this country, I mean, unless you're just knee deep in it, you no one's thinking Syria. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> if I go up to Joe Schmo on the corner and I say, "Hey, what do you think about Aleppo? <laughs> uh, is it delicious? I don't yeah. know." <laughs> like so, I, it, it was some reporter pulled out a, a question about, you know, just said, "What do you like?" It, it wasn't led up to so it wasn't like they were talking about Syria and she's like what do you think about Aleppo yeah it was like out of left field she's like well what do you think about Aleppo right and, and like he, he just got caught off guard yeah and it, of course it's like the Howard Dean yeah sc- the screaming the scream. Michael Dukakis on the tank yeah like <laughs> it's the one thing and then people are like oh well he must be crazy yeah we can't vote for him mm-hmm. uh, that's what they did so it's still good old gotcha moment yeah if if I'm quoting what's her face, Mama Bear from Alaska. Mm-hmm. What's all the all these gotcha questions? Oh yeah, <laughs> get out of here, lady. Yeah, that that was another. Uh... She's a winner. Yeah, but anyway, um, whether they'll get everybody out or not, I hope they will. It's going to look like a. It's going to be a major talking point, a major major disaster for the Biden administration, at least up from the right's perspective. Right now, the left is hammering them too. Um. I think he he's probably just the guy who was in office that it happened that that he was in office when he called for this to happen. It, it's it's almost like Jimmy Carter. Mm-hmm. 
in his Iran situation. You know, it, and the Iranians didn't let the American hostages go until Reagan yeah. became president, and then they let them go just to make Jimmy Carter look bad. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is going to be Biden's look bad moment, but some president was going to pull out of Afghanistan. It was not going to be clean. Yeah. And people were going to be mad about it. And like like we mentioned, Joe, President Biden doesn't have, he doesn't need political capital anymore. Yeah. And so I think he uh, he kind of took the L mm-hmm. when he knew he, it was something that needed to be done. Yeah. Um, but, and hopefully this, over this is probably the the deepest we've gone into politics for a while. But yeah, hopefully this didn't turn too many people off. But we hope that you enjoyed the show. We we enjoy doing this and and appreciate everyone that listens. Please like, subscribe, share, comment on these videos and podcasts. Rate us if you can rate us, um, and share this with a friend. Let someone else know that you like what you're listening to. Let them listen to it too, and we will see you next time.